Many happy landings today, as we wait to find out if another rover will successfully arrive on Mars after another seven minutes of terror. It's Thursday, February 18th, 2021, and the following is another installment of Several Minutes of Information, or as I've called it nearly 150 times now, the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, Albemarle County Planning Commissioners take action on a form-based code for the intersection of Rio Road and US-29. The Albemarle County Economic Development Authority gets an update on assessments, the economy, and more. More homes are coming to Greene County thanks to a proffer amendment, and a small business group wants to help beverage producers with marketing. Support for today's show comes not from a Patreon-fueled shout-out, but instead from a donation from the Valley Research Center. Experts there have concocted the following introduction for your consideration and mind. Let me know if you think this works. This is your host, Sean Tubbs, for Charlottesville Community Engagement. And now... Eleven months into the pandemic, and Albemarle and Charlottesville have set one-day records today for new COVID cases. There are 99 reported in Charlottesville and 135 reported in Albemarle. These are likely related to in-person gatherings at the University of Virginia. Yesterday, the UVA COVID tracker listed 229 cases, and it is likely that some of those cases are reflected in today's health district numbers. The COVID tracker will be next updated at 4 p.m. today. Yesterday, the UVA Health System announced their intent to make a full purchase of the Novant Health UVA Health System, which includes hospitals in Culpeper, Haymarket, and Prince William. UVA will buy out Novant's 40% share. The three facilities have a total of 260 inpatient beds, which would bring the UVA Health System's total to over 1,000. The move is included within the University of Virginia's overall strategic plan for 2030, and the deal is expected to close by July 1st. The Albemarle County Economic Development Authority has entered into a job creation agreement with Afton Scientific for that company's expansion. Afton Scientific manufactures pharmaceuticals that are sterile and digestible, and they have around 60 employees. Their products include therapies for cystic fibrosis, immune diseases, and breast cancer. Tom Thorpe, the firm's CEO, told the EDA about a probiotic for infants that Afton Scientific is working on. And that'll get rolled out nationwide. It's very, very excited. A lot of major companies are, are going to be backing it, and we'll be making that right here in our third facility. What we do is we take the ingredients, and we mix it up, and we put it in these, sterilize it, and put it in these vials, and cap and crimp it, and give it back to the customer. The company is in the midst of a $500,000 expansion that will add 20 new jobs with an average wage of $48,500. Afton Scientific recently received a Virginia Jobs Investment Program grant that will provide the company with a bonus of $750 per job. Albemarle is adding an additional $10,000 or $500 per job, with that funding coming through the EDA. The members voted unanimously to approve the deal, with one member abstaining due to a conflict of interest. Next, the Economic Development Authority got an update on the county's real estate assessments for 2021. Commercial properties declined an average of 5.5% in Albemarle, according to assessor Peter Lynch. Hotels were our kind of the, the properties that were affected the worst uh, in their valuation uh, because of the pandemic. 
uh, with shopping centers only slightly behind them. Uh, we have found that uh, so far, medical office and office buildings are adversely affected, but really the, the long-term effect on that is, is still to be seen. After Lynch's presentation, county economist Steve Allshouse gave a look at the county's economic future, though he cautioned that forecasts are difficult in this time period. Everything is being driven by the pandemic, and typically when economists do forecasting, they like to look at historical data. Well, the problem is we don't have a lot of historical data dealing with the economy and pandemics. In fact, you have to go back to 1918 to the Spanish flu um, pandemic to find any data uh, that might be instructive. Allshouse said the local economy has bright spots, including a relatively low unemployment rate, as well as data that shows the total number of jobs in the county appear to have increased after an initial loss of 10% of the total number of jobs in the early days of the pandemic. What I'm thinking currently, the quarter that ended in December, Q2 of FY21, is that we've most likely gained back about 40, maybe a little bit more than 40% of the jobs in our job space. Allshouse said the recovery will likely be slow, especially as the path forward with the pandemic remains unclear. Part of this relates to consumer confidence in the economy, but part of it also relates to uncertainty in many households. There are still people hurting in this recession and its aftermath. So uh, when I talk about consumer confidence going up, um, I just want people to aware, be aware that I'm aware that not everybody is feeling more confident. Allshouse said that saving rates are up on aggregate, but this does not capture the experience of all Americans. A lot of people are saving um, and also their property values, um, to get back to Peter's point locally, uh, have gone up. And also with recent um, increases in the last several quarters in the U.S. equities markets, uh, people's net worth have gone up. Now, again, I have to heavily caveat, caveat these statements by saying not everybody owns stocks, not everybody has a 401k savings plan, not everybody owns a house. So again, there are large swaths of the population that um, have not seen their, their household net worth go up. Another factor to consider is the migration of people to this community from elsewhere, who bring their jobs with them during a time of remote work. You can watch the full meeting of the Economic Development Authority on Albemarle County's YouTube channel. A statewide business group wants to help area beverage producers get their drinks to more customers. The Virginia Small Business Development Center is working with Curate Courses to offer a free six-week program intended to speed up the growth of existing food and beverage producers in central Virginia. The program is open to companies in both the Shenandoah Valley and central Virginia who are seeking to grow. Applications are being taken through March 8th. The topic came up at the Economic Development Authority meeting, and J.T. Newberry is with the county's Economic Development Office. Agribusiness and food production is one of the county's targeted industries. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. On Tuesday, the Albemarle Planning Commission held a public hearing on a new zoning overlay district created by staff for the area around the intersection of US-29 and Rio Road. The idea is to encourage the redevelopment of single-story shopping centers into a more urban form. The form-based code would be optional and would allow for more square feet in a structure. Rachel Falkenstein is a planning manager with the county. The application process for development under form-based code 
would look pretty similar to a buy right development process that we have today with a couple of small tweaks. Um, the first is that we are requiring a pre-application meeting for applications under the form-based code where we could discuss topics with the applicant, such as the location of streets and civic spaces and any unique site characteristics. Some commissioners wanted the code to have more incentives in place to encourage property owners to actually take advantage of it. Commissioner Rick Randolph served on the Board of Supervisors from 2016 to 2019 before being appointed back to the commission. Without those incentives being identified, clarified, what motivation is there for the private sector given that form-based code is optional? Commissioner Karen Firehawk also encouraged staff to work on creating incentives. She also thought the code should not require or prioritize that roofs be pitched or sloped. We don't want everything to look the same. And the main point I want to make is that flat roofs allow us to have green roofs. There are many green roofs that are designed with benches and gardens and even places to have a picnic lunch. Commissioner Jenny Moore represents the Whitehall District, which includes Crozet. She said there could be an opportunity for this area to absorb more residential population through redevelopment. And I guess I'm just putting this out there as you move through this process is, are we asking enough from this area that is, you know, so much different than downtown Crozet and the amount of people that would move in and out of this, these places? That could mean higher buildings, which have been opposed by some nearby residents during the plan's development process. Commissioner Tim Keller would support taller buildings. I think if there's a place that we could go higher, and I understand the heights were lower because of community involvement earlier on, but I do think that this is a place, combination of its proximity to the the university and the city center, and um, its location its location where it is in an area that is seeing such, see such major redevelopment, that incentives that would allow higher structures, um, and maybe that's part of the answer. Commission Chair Julian Bivens said he thought the project will likely fail if the county cannot make sizable investments in the infrastructure needed for an urban area. If our supervisors really want that intersection to take off, then we're going to have to figure out a way to sort of come in there and, and, and put some things in place and perhaps even become serious partners with some of the land that's there. The commission voted unanimously to recommend approval of the form-based code, and it will next go to the Board of Supervisors. In the next installment of this program, we'll have a quick report on the Rio Road Corridor study that will soon be underway. There's a lot going on in this community. Finally today, the Greene County Board of Supervisors last week approved a zoning amendment that allows construction of two neighborhoods to move forward. A previous board in 2012 rezoned land just north of the Albemarle County border for the Creekside and the village of Pretty Creek. If fully built out, the two areas would bring about 1,000 new homes to Greene County. The original rezoning required a connector road to be built prior to construction, but the amendment acknowledged that the Virginia Department of Transportation is now building the road so construction can soon get underway. Read Terry Beji's story in the Greene County Record for the details. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. If you have enjoyed this program, let me know. Send me a line. 
Uh, if you would also like to help out financially, there are many ways you can do that. Instead of reciting them here, I'm going to send you to infoseville.com. You'll be able to see the boilerplate there. Um, you know, it's a little, I do need to spruce up that site a little bit. Maybe, maybe if enough of you look at it, I'll do that. Uh, but in the meantime, I really do appreciate uh, you. I want to give a shout out to the Valley Research Center for their work. Also to Allison Rabel for contributing a little piece of sound that I was able to turn into a little interstitial bit. This is a community show, after all. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, fingers crossed.